Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And you know it is my great pleasure to bring you exciting guests who are going to add value to your job search or even just to life in general each week. And today, I think you're really going to be excited about our guest. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Chris Westfall, business coach, writer, and keynote speaker. Chris helps people change the conversation by getting out of their own way. Who doesn't want to do that? He has helped launch over 60 businesses, raising over $100 million in capital investment and counting. Entrepreneurs, executives, and future leaders turn to Chris for guidance on peak performance, team building, business development, branding, and so much more. Chris helps them deliver insights into powerful leadership communication strategies. I am so excited about this conversation. Thanks for joining us today, Chris. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's we, great to be here. We've had so much fun even before we started the podcast today. I know. It's great to connect with you again. And, and I, I, just, I just love, I love your energy. I bet they do too. I mean, <laughs> I it's just so. great to see you again. You know what? The interesting thing is I would do this if nobody was listening because I get to have such amazing conversations with people each week. And even before we get here to the studio, because we do, you know, a pre, um, pre-investigative call, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. just to see, make sure the topic's going to be relevant and that it's going to be something that our audience would enjoy. So, I mean, I just get to meet so many cool people. Right. And your curiosity comes across. And so, I, yeah, you're, you're in the right spot. <laughs> well, thank you. And I hope you enjoyed the tour of the new studios earlier. This place is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, this is just amazing what you've got and the, and the view and everything. It's just terrific. You know, we have um, people that come in because of, you know, we're in Dallas, Texas. That's where we're located. But we have people that come in from all around the U.S. to these studios because they are so first class. Like, I mean, even probably the furthest one that I can think of um, flies in from Hawaii. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. I know. And I was talking to her. I was like, do y'all not have podcast studios in Hawaii? And she's like, not really. I'm like, wow, maybe you should talk about an affiliate or something. Cause, and I have nothing to do with Real News PR other than I record here. But I mean, it's just really, it's a gem in, here in Dallas. It really is. really is. And thanks again for having me. I am so excited about this. I really am. And I love the work that you're doing. But okay, so... You are recognized as one of the top business coaches. Tell me about your background, how you got to where you are today. Well, I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I, I used to be a professional stuntman. No. That's a true story. Yeah, and I still Yes, it's true, Casey. And I still do all of my own stunts, and I'm going to do a few today. No, I was going to say, I'm, you're going to fall out of the chair. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm going to fall out of the chair, do a few pratfalls. Uh, no, I actually got my start as a performer. Okay. And that is my background, is being on stage. I went to the high school for performing arts in Chicago. Okay. That's where I'm originally from, is the Chicago area. And uh, I performed all over the United States and even worked as a professional stuntman. And from, yes, it's a true story, from trading fake punches to learning how to navigate the boardroom and helping my clients to do the yeah. same, That's been that's been my journey. And what 
What I love about the work that I do is helping people to, to discover the, the one thing that's keeping them from, from their success. And it's always the same thing. It's themselves. Yes. And when we find a way to get out, out of our own way, that's when we discover what it is that, that not only that we're trying to manage, but what it is that we're trying to create. Yeah. And what it is that wants to, to come through us. And that's what I help my clients to discover. Okay, so I'm very curious. What's the most dangerous or intricate stunt you ever did? Well, I was in a live stunt show at a local amusement park where 3,000 people sat in the audience. It was so large that you could drive motorcycles and jump them over things on this set. And it was actually the Batman stunt show. What? I was in the Batman stunt show. And so the most Did you have the Batman costume on? I wasn't Batman. Oh. I wasn't Batman, but I fought with him. <gasps> did I you didn't, win? I didn't win. I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I've, I've won a few things since then. Anyway, it's a long story. <laughs> but yeah, that was the most dangerous thing that I did because I was actually, I, I was filling in for someone. Okay. Who got hurt over the weekend. And I was sort of the stand-in or the standby. Right to host the Batman stunt show. And he, and he called me on the weekend. He said, Chris, I was out boating. I cut my leg. I've got stitches. I can't do the show. Meet me at the amusement park and I'll show you everything behind the scenes. And you're going to go on at, you know, 11 a.m. or whenever the first show was. And we did eight shows that day. It was incredibly dangerous wow. and scary. But I survived. I'm here to tell about it. Yes. Uh, but, it, you know, when you do something like that, though, Casey, you, it gives you a perspective on things like risk management. And how to how to be in the moment and how to just say yes to things. Yes. And I mean, on a whole new level, because what it is that you're able to say yes to uh, is that's that's not just some uh, exercise. It's about your own health and safety mm -hmm. and, and making the making the show go on. So it was uh, it was an amazing experience for me. And it's been something that shaped my shaped my entire career. So I love that there's so much there. Okay. So I love that you just said that it, you, you kind of brought that back to present day and, and how it relates to what you're doing when you're speaking to business leaders today. And one of the things is that, you know, the risk management, you have to have that risk management piece, either whether you're looking for your next step in your career or the next person you're going to hire to build out your team. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you also said something that I really love. And that's that you said, say yes too many people say no because they don't know how to do something well that's that's always what it looks like but listen you can do anything if you don't talk yourself out of it first exactly and when we get to that place of yes possibilities open up and so much of my work right now is helping people to see possibilities that that are the possibilities exist, but they're hidden for whatever reason, yeah. or they're not, they're not willing to look there for whatever reason. And, and removing those reasons so that you can get to yes, yes. Is, is the way to broaden not only your life, your relationships, but your career. I love that. And, you know, and I, I, I bring it back to me only because I personally relate to a lot of what you're saying. And I think that by giving real life examples that will help people, you know, there's so many times that if I had not said yes, if I hadn't been able, like you said, to get out of my own way, that I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing today. You know, I wouldn't have a podcast. Right. You know, I walked into this thinking, you know, when I was asked if I could, you know, host this podcast, I mean, it was actually, I was going to do a podcast anyway, but my company was like, do it for us. And I was like, mm -hmm. whoa, this just got really big. I thought this was just going to be me in my garage, you know, just kind of hosting a podcast. Now we're going into a professional studio. But I was like, okay. And it was... It was scary, 
but, and I did wonder sometimes if I could do it, but I didn't let that stop me, you know? Mm. I never let that hold me back from that yes. And I, there's a famous, maybe you know what this is, there's a famous Richard Branson quote. That, and, I, and I'm gonna totally butcher this, but basically if somebody asks you to do something that you don't know how to do, say yes and learn how to do it later. Well, that's, there's so much wisdom there because yeah. so many times when it comes to doing something like, like starting a podcast, people go, well, I don't know how to do that, so they stop. Yes. But here's the thing that we forget. And this is true for you, it's true for me, it's true for everybody who's watching us and listening to the sound of mm -hmm. my voice. We as human beings have the ability to figure things out. And we forget that we have the ability to figure things out. And sometimes the first thing that we need to figure out is how to get out of our own way and say yes and take that first step. Because people have been figuring things out for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years. And we all have that, it's, it's like five fingers on a hand, it's part of our DNA. Yeah. And when we remember who we are, not, not in some kind of ego exercise, but, but in terms of who we are as human beings, mm -hmm. and we step into that power, it, it makes it easier to say yes. <laughs> easier. Was that just a real quick well, plug? Well, I don't know if there's a, there might be a, anyway. <laughs> might be a book that can help you with that. So we'll talk about that in a second. So I know that you believe that a simple conversation creates a connection. And I do believe that. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like you and I connected from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. But then that connection helps you reach your peak performance. So how do you feel like connections generate success? One of the biggest fallacies that people believe is that if it's got to be, it's up to me, mm -hmm. right? This message of self-reliance, this message of I've got to, you know, it's grit and discipline and I've got to, and look, there's nothing wrong with those things. Yeah. But if you step back and look at life, you look at recruiting, you look at empowering your employees, nothing of anything, of any value, nothing of any value happens without the involvement of other people. Mm -hmm. And so if it feels like if it's got to be, it's up to me, what happens if you zoom out on that and you see that the connections are what really matter and the things that I've been able to create in my life people say to me you've done so much and stuff like that and I always I'm always grateful for the compliment but the fact of the matter is that I have had people around me people that have been supporting me almost almost like a surfer you know the surfer doesn't make the waves yes you know what I'm saying and so that that to me is something that I, I think is a message not just of hope but but of just my own personal experience yeah. right that connection is so important well and i think even going a step further on that is and i love what you're saying because i hope that there are some 20 somethings out there listening to this that you don't have to do it all yourself because for the longest time i thought if i ever reached out and asked for help i was a failure if i couldn't figure out how to do something that i needed done I felt. No, you're just a human being. Right. You're just a human being. Yeah. We need each other. There's no shame. Yeah. There's no blame in that. And and people need to be okay and find a way to be okay with asking for help and and making sure that you have the resources around you. I mean, as a coach, that's that's really what I provide for my executive clients, my, the entrepreneurs that I work with. It's really about saying who who's in your corner, who's watching out for you. Yes. And that's that's really the role that the coach plays to offer that that new perspective so that you don't have to go it alone. You know, you just reminded me of another quote that I, I don't know why all these quotes are popping into my head today, but thank you. Um because I love all my love quotes. I read quotes every day, but I just read a quote the other day that said not everyone in your circle is in your corner. Whoa. <laughs> 
Very true. And that's what you really, what you're just saying right there. You need to make sure you have that support system around you so that when you don't know how to do something, you've got people that you can reach out to that can lift you up mm -hmm. and support you. But you know, in my experience, the way that you find those people, and this is counterintuitive. I mean, it doesn't work the way you think it does, but here, here's what I've experienced. Okay. When you look in the direction of service, mm -hmm. when you look in the way that you can be of service to others, that you can help others, you find people that can help and support you. Yes. Does that make, does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. Because I, because I think that we are put on this planet, we are put on this planet to be of service to others. And there's, yes. a, quote, there's a quote that I like that actually mm. starts my book from George Eliot. And George Eliot says, what do we live for if not to make life less difficult for one another? Mm. So if you need resources, be a resource. Make sure that you are giving to get and make sure that you are sharing your gifts as well as finding the people that can help you to bring your gifts to life. I'm saying that to you, Casey, but I mean you know, to bring right? your gifts to life. <laughs> no, but it's so true. I mean, and when you let go of that and let those people start helping you either through a mentor or a coach or even just somebody that's got more years of experience than you. Sometimes it could be somebody younger than you, especially when it comes to technology. Um, you know, but it truly does, it's freeing and it's gonna set those gifts on fire. Yeah. And I think that's, and going back to the connection piece, that's where it all starts. You've got to get connected. And I agree with you, I think that you want to give service. You want to be of service. You know what my, I, I'm a real big believer in knowing my internal rules. These are the rules by which I make every decision. Mm -hmm. And my number one internal rule, I'm sure everybody's heard me say this a million times, is give value first. Mm, excellent. When I'm training my team, I will say give value first, the money will follow. Always if you give value first without any expectation of anything in return, the money will have to follow. Yeah. Abundance will come. Yeah. And I think even pulling back and, and not necessarily looking at relationships transactionally. Look, I've done a lot of work in sales. I know, I know, what, yeah. I know what you mean, right? You've got to find, you know, you've got to find the, the opportunity at the mm -hmm. end of the conversation. But what happens if you pull back? What happens if you zoom out? What happens if you stop at what you're pointing at, which is that creating that value? Yeah. And creating some clarity around what that value is and, and not that value like a, like a history lesson or regurgitating a brochure but creating value in, in a way that says, this is where business gets personal. Yeah. Which is to say, this is the value that I can create for you, which to me looks like service. And, and you know, I don't know, I don't know where you line up on this, but service is the new sales. The <laughs> oh, I yeah, like that. And sales. I agree. I think the old sales, um, not that this is, we're talking about sales here, but, but truly whenever you go to an interview, you are in a way selling yourself. Well, of course. Right. Of course. But, Going off what you just said, services, the new sales, if you go in offering value that you can bring to the company, mm -hmm. instead of just trying to say, oh, I can do this and I can up your margins by this, then I think that you're going to have a better chance of being seen as human mm -hmm. and probably landing that role. That's right. And, and bold claims create bold suspicions. You have to be careful mm -hmm. when you go in an interview or in any kind of conversation to look in the direction of, of value and, and not just in terms of of what you can do for someone else, but remembering that the value that you bring, and you bring it to every one of these interviews, <laughs> it's curiosity. Oh yeah. That curiosity, that curiosity that says, because when you're, when you're interviewing, you're also, I mean, you have an opportunity to interview the company as well, yeah. if you choose to take advantage of it, so that it's a dialogue, so that it's a dialogue. And, and that I think is, is the way to 
create success, and I'm gonna say any kind of success, if you want to create success in your career, in your relationships, in your life, it happens one conversation at a time. And, and having the courage mm -hmm. and, and the skills to have that conversation from a place of service with a healthy curiosity, that's a really powerful combination. I agree. That is so beautiful. You should like map that out in like a mathematic equation. Well, as a matter of is it? Oh, no. It. Maybe in the, I don't know. In this one in the middle. Of the Let's talk about that. Well, actually, I want to talk about easier first. Okay. So tell me about this book, 60 Easier 60 Ways to Make Your Work Life Work for You. We want that so bad. We've learned so much over the last couple of years through the pandemic and mm. this whole shift in this work life balance. So you know, how can a young professional or a job seeker benefit from reading this? And what was your, why did you write it? Well, let me, I'll ask you, I'll answer the last question first. Okay. Why did I write it? I'll tell you why. Because this isn't just the book that I, that I needed to write. It's the book I needed to read. Mm. And my life was especially difficult. And I wanted to share a story that would help people to see that easier always exists even in the midst of difficult circumstances. And, okay. and, and by the way, I want to be clear, I'm not saying that life is easy. Gotcha. But especially when life is difficult, we have to remember that easier always exists. And I, I wanted to see if I could create a story that, that points in the direction of not just my personal mm -hmm. journey, but a journey that every reader can take to see new, new possibilities. And that's what easier is. It's, it's actually, it's a, a conversation it's a conversation between a client and a coach. And the client is frustrated in his job, like a lot of people <laughs> out there. He's wondering, maybe I need to leave. Maybe I need to start my own business. Maybe I need to become an entrepreneur. Maybe I just need to make a greater impact here at work. Maybe I need to change my relationship with my yeah. boss. He doesn't know. So he hires a coach to help him to figure it out. Little does he know that in five days, he's about to be fired. <gasps> fired. He's fired on a Monday morning over Zoom. Uh-huh. Yes. And that takes place right here in Dallas, as a matter of fact. That's where the setting is for his firing. And so, from this place of career death comes a resurrection story. From this ultimate career difficulty comes an easier path. And it's a conversation between the client and the coach and the other, the other people that are part of the client's life. And it's an opportunity for readers to see, perhaps, themselves mm -hmm. and their own frustration and a way out of it and a way to creating greater results, whether whether that means entrepreneurship or just making a, a deeper, more meaningful contribution within your current job, this book points in the direction of, of how to make even the most difficult times easier. But I gotta tell you this, it does not have a Hollywood ending. It's not like some nice, tidy, no, because life is messy. It is messy. Life is messy. But here's the thing, how we show up in the middle of the mess is how we create our value how we connect, how we serve, and seeing beyond just the difficulties of life. When we look beyond the difficulties, what we see is our success and we see new possibilities. That's what the book's about. Man, now I'm gonna have to read it. I, you know, I try to read books before, but every week I have an author. Yeah. And so it's, I have to just like skim sometimes. So, okay, that's, wow. Now I just wanna stop the podcast and just go read the book. Do you have it on Audible? Uh, yes, it's on Audible, and, and I didn't read the book on Why Audible. Why not? Because it's it's two characters, there's multiple characters, and, and these guys together, they go through a lot. Okay. And so they hired a New York actor <gasps> to read the book and to go through, because it's, it's an emotional journey. The path to easier 
involves some catharsis, let's say, coming okay. to terms with some things. And the guy that they got to read it is he's fantastic. So this is a story. It's not it's not where, you know, here's the 60 things you need to do, do this, right. don't do that. It's a story and you it's almost like a YouTube video where you watch it, you observe it, you see these guys going through things, you see the relationships that they experience and you find a pathway to new experiences for yourself. At least that's what the people tell me who've read the book. That's that's the feedback that I've received. That has to feel really good. It's it's an amazing feeling and when I started out to write this book, I didn't think I could do it. Because, well, because everything else is kind of your standard yeah. fare, business books and stuff. And I thought, you know, can I really, can I write dialogue? Can I, can I do this? Can I, can I show a window into, into these lives? And, and the answer, I'm, well, I'm going to say that I did it. That's my story <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. But yeah, that's what's on offer for people who want to take the okay. journey is, is a path to see in the midst of the utmost difficulty, new possibilities. Well, and I just want to say to those people that are like, you know, I don't have time to read. The reason I asked about Audible is because I don't have time to read every single book that I'd love to read. But I spend a lot of time in the car and I spend a lot of time doing research online. And it's super easy for me when I'm doing my research to pop in a book. Sure. And, and listen to it and do my research. So, and I know people probably think, well, that's weird. You do your research while you listen to a book. Yes, it helps, you know? Absolutely. And, and you know, the thing that connects us is our stories. I mean, that's what we're mm -hmm. swapping here today, but that's why I made the book a story. And uh, so there's elements of, of my experience, of, of the coaching work that I've done, mm -hmm. of, of the coaches that have helped me. I mean, I share multiple perspectives in there, but it's, it's, not, a, it's not a memoir. Right. It, it is it is a work that is designed and to be the most authentic thing that, I, that I've ever written, quite frankly. And uh, so there's, there's a lot of heart in that book. Tell us about the other two books that you have, because it sounds like they're very different from this one, from Easier. So, and what kind of, tell me about the journey here. Yeah, they're, they're very different. Well, The New Elevator Pitch is the first book that I wrote, and that, was, that came out of the recognition when I was recognized as the U.S. National Elevator Pitch Champion. Yeah, yeah. So I was recognized oh as yeah, having the best two-minute speech in the United States. Wow. And when that happened to me, and I received that honor, and uh, it, it was amazing, and it was something that was put together by our friend Jeffrey Hazlett. Okay. So Jeffrey put that together, and, and when I received that recognition, uh, everything changed. And I thought, well, now what? Now what do I do? And I <laughs> said, you know what? I, I want to become a student of communication, of connection, of networking, of, yes. of this sort of these, these pitch strategies. And what if, what if pitch strategies aren't about delivering a pitch, but creating a conversation? Because that's what I did to mm -hmm. win the contest. And I thought, well, let me, let me share my thoughts. And so this was the book that became an international bestseller. It was the first one um, that I wrote. And I'm going to be re-releasing it this year. It's the 10-year anniversary wow. of the new Elevator Pitch. And so that's going to be coming out later this year, the new Elevator Pitch 2.0. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And then Leadership Language, that came out in 2018. And that was really uh, a reflection on the, the coaching work and the consulting work that I've been doing all over the world to help people to understand the, the component parts of, of the most valuable tool in business today, the conversation. Yeah. So how do we, stepping outside of, you know, an elevator pitch or, or, you know, pitching your business to the sharks on Shark Tank, how do we create compelling, powerful, and clear conversations and do it with confidence? That's the theme of leadership language. And so, so these are how-to books, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Exactly. And and so easier is very very different, but it's a reflection of the journey that I've been on, and also you know the pandemic and coming out of it. And I said, you know, what do people need? Do they hope. need a, do, they need hope? 
that there's a lot of difficulty out there. There's a lot of frustration, a lot of resignation, a lot of quiet quitting. You know all these things. <sighs> Easier is my attempt to say, it doesn't have to be like this. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like this. And that's what's inside that little green book. So I love that. But you just said something that's been a real trigger word lately, this quiet mm -hmm. quitting. Yeah. Have you heard the latest? What's the latest? Quiet firing. A quiet firing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if, and, and it sounds like that's kind of maybe what was happening in your book when this guy got fired five days after he um, hired the coach, there's signs there. If, if your company is diverting resources away from you, you might want to start paying attention. You, you may need to quit quiet quitting. Did I say that right? Quit, quiet, quitting. I yes. like that. That's got a ring to it, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think if people are concerned about their contribution and, and how resources are being allocated or whatever it is that might create some nervousness, and certainly with the recession and all the things yes. that are looming, I mean, we, we, we don't have to go into details about those things. Everybody knows what's yeah. going on. But in the middle of all of that, it's the way that you show up that is creating the world around you. And the way that you, right? The yes. way that you, I mean, if you show up informed and ready to go and ready to contribute and ready to be of service, even if you are not of service to your company, mm -hmm. I hope that doesn't happen. But even if you're not of service to your company, you will be of service to another company or to yourself yep. in a powerful way. And that's the thing that I would, I would share is that in the midst of, it's easy to get lost in doom and gloom and fear and all that stuff. But, but when you show up that way, you're creating that reality. We have the ability as creators yes. to create, starting with the way that we choose to show up because the way that we the way that we show up is a choice that we always have the freedom to make. Yep. And that's the deepest personal freedom, quite frankly, regardless of what's going on at your company. You are free to choose how you want to show up. You are free to choose how you are going to react. Yep. And you are free to ignore whatever trains of thought are running through your mind. Because as I like to say, just because a train of thought shows up doesn't mean you have to ride that train. That's so good. That is so good. I, you know, and I used to tell people all the time, like if somebody were to stick a microphone up to my head, I would probably be committed because the way I talk to myself, it's just not pretty. And so many people do that and having to tame that, having to learn how to silence that inner critic is so important. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. You're like it, with your train analogy, you don't have to ride that train. You don't yeah. have to listen to that inner critic because right. most of the time it's not true. Yeah, there's a, an Israeli social scientist, his name is Harari. He wrote a book called Homo Deus, and he, he gave this quote, and he said, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it, but basically I'll paraphrase. We've butchered so many. Like, I go know, ahead. But, but here's what he said. But this is, this is really interesting. Yeah. He says, in the old days, having knowledge was power. In the current environment, power means knowing what to ignore. Ooh. And so when we have all these thoughts running through our head, and it's a big theme in the book, they, they talk quite a bit about yeah. it. Because as you can imagine, the guy gets fired, he's got a lot of stuff, a lot of head trash going on in there. But underneath our, our thinking is who we are, is our identity. It's not our self-inflated, self-created ego identity. It's, it's who we are. It's, it's service. It's conversation. It's mm -hmm. collaboration. It's our humanity. And when we step back from, from our thoughts, we recognize that, you know, there's the thinker and there's the thought. Yep. They, they aren't the same thing. And, and so many times when, when our thoughts become real, that's when things get really, really difficult because we lose the perspective that says, it's just a thought. Yeah. It's just a thought. I mean, I have, 
I have stories in my life of, of things that did not work out. Uh, I know friends of mine who have gone through uh, incredible trauma, difficult relationships, all those kinds of things. And you know what? They're still standing and so am I. And, and that's not a superhero story. I'm just saying that resilience is part of our DNA. Mm -hmm. It's part of who we are. And when we can step back from our thoughts and our worries, easier said than done. True. But underneath it all, there's a resilience. There's a quiet strength that we all possess, even in the midst of incredibly difficult circumstances, even in the middle of the Batman stunt show. Fall out of chair. Fall out of chair. Okay, one more question. Yes. You often speak, and we've talked about this today, about getting out of your own way. And, mm -hmm. you know, so many job seekers struggle with this. What's one tip you would give them to help them, like, today get out of their own way? Uh, two words. Slow down. Mm. Slow down. In this, in this go, go, go world that we live in, right? We have to remember the words of John Wooden, the famous UCLA basketball coach. He said, be quick, but don't hurry. Mm. When we are racing, when we are, when we are trying to do more, we lose sight of the fact that we're not a human doing. We're mm. a human being. Does this make sense? This slow down two really words. close to home. Is that so? Do you, <laughs> yeah. need, do you need to slow down? I needed to hear this. <laughs> well, guess what? So do I. So do, I mean, you know, it's the book I needed to write. It's the book I needed to read. This is, this is the work that I'm doing in the, in the coaching space to help people to see not only that they can slow down, but to, but to make it okay, to give themselves permission mm. to slow down. Because this is the thing. Um, I, I had a friend of mine, she interviewed an Indy race car driver. And one of the things that he talked about, because she, she was curious, what's life like at 235 yeah. miles an hour? And he talked about how when you're going that fast, you, the secret to going really, really fast is to remain in neutral huh. to slow down right because because if, if you're like oh what am i doing you know and all that stuff that's when you're going to hit the wall it's about it's about slowing your mind down and taking things one step at a time and i say things to my clients who come in and they go i've got a five-year plan i want to be a vp in 10 minutes you know they have all these great plans and i say slow down and 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 then i followed up with what happens if you do the doable instead of trying to create this amazing world five years from now what happens if you pull your future goals into the present, what does that look like? Well, a future goal in the present looks like a value to me. So what are those values and how are you seeing evidence of them and how are you doing the doable? Because the way that you create the impossible, mm -hmm. the way that you write all these books and all this kind of stuff, I'll tell you the secret, you do the doable. You take it one step at a time and, and you remember that every one of us has capabilities that we don't see because we get lost in thought. And I'm, I'm saying we, I mean, uh, I'm talking about myself. Happens to me too. But there happens to be another possibility. See, this message was totally for me today. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally mine. We're not even going to air it. Perfect Sorry. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was a lot. And I cannot wait to share this with the world, but mostly to go back and listen to it again, because it's, this was a lot of knowledge today, and I really appreciate you being here with us. Um, but I said that was the last question, but that wasn't really true. So it's time for our VIP questions. I'm so curious. Do you, do you need to get a drink? No, I don't. I'm, I'm just excited. <laughs> okay. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Ah, well, uh, first colonist on Mars. Here's what I would take. First, I would take my wife. Okay. I would, because I would 
take my wife because I would I want my Who wife I understand with me. is also yes. a redhead. Yes, she's also a redhead. Okay. Uh, did I mention that she was a Catwoman in the Batman stunt show? That nah. might have played a part in the reason why I was in the Batman nah. stunt show. Uh. Anyway, yeah, it's a true story. <laughs> true story. Yeah, I married Catwoman. Anyway. Uh, yeah, my wife. Bec I would have to take her because she walks on the ground I worship. Anyway, it's another story. <laughs> I don't know. That was awesome. So I would, I would take my wife. I would take a, a guy by the name of David Eagleman. David Eagleman, he uh, is a neuroscientist at Stanford, somebody who's incredibly brilliant. He had a PBS show for years called The Brain. And he, yeah, and he wrote a book. It's the most inspiring book that I've read in the last 10 years, and it's called Live Wired. Live Wired by David Eagleman, and it's I'm all check about that out. yeah. Well, and and the reason I want this guy on Mars with me is so I can talk to him and go, David. You know, I mean, he's got a lot to say. <laughs> so there's a few things to unpack there. He also wrote a book called Some S U M. Fantastic. It's a fiction book. Highly recommended. Okay. But anyway, You're going to have to email me all this. Okay, afterwards. I will. I will. Okay. Maybe you put it in the show notes or something. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, David Eagleman, um, just like it sounds, Eagleman. And then the third person that I would bring, the third person that I would bring is my buddy Eric Barnes. Eric Barnes is the pianist at the uh, library bar downtown at the, I'm going to call it the Melrose. I think it has a different name, but it's right here in Dallas. He's a piano player. And so, you know, assuming that on Mars, there's no internet or, you know, games you or anything like entertainment. that. That's right. And so, you know, and I play a little piano and stuff like that. And my wife's a great singer. And so I think between the three of us, we would be able to be uh, entertained and learn new things because I'll tell you what, whether I'm on, on Mars or earth, I'm a lifelong learner mm. and I, I want to um, not only experience new things myself and always be expanding my possibilities, but hopefully helping others to do the same along the way. I love it. And I am also, I learned a new word for lifelong learners, but it was such, it? I, I would have to go get my phone because I had to actually videotape the guy saying it. Cause it was interesting. Cause I was in Colorado this last weekend mm -hmm. and he asked me, he goes, what's your favorite word? And I said, gratitude. And he's like, that's a good one, but I've got one for you too. And he said this word and I'd never heard it before. And I was like, stop. And I got my video camera out and I was like, say that again. Cause I was like, there's no way I'm going to remember. It's like, no, that's not right. That's not right at all. Check the show notes. Check the notes <laughs> yeah, down below. Find notes. that find that word. <laughs> so anyway, I'll find that for you though. But anyway, um, I'm not even sure where I was going. Oh, but lifelong learner. That's what we're Lifelong learner. So yeah. we will lifelong learn together after this and go figure out what that word is. It's a deal. Okay. It's a deal. All right. So my next question. If what is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Uh, I never do the same thing. Really? Twice. Yeah. Every day is different. Every day. Every morning. Every morning. Well, yeah, every okay. I mean, I have two cups of coffee. I mean, that's my that's my routine. But every okay. day, every day is a new beginning for me. That's how I look at it, and I don't find that to be unstructured at all. Quite frankly, I mean, that may be surprising to it you. It is a little surprising. But, but that means that I I create that structure every day. Every day is a creative <laughs> exercise, and that's not to say that I don't have obligations. And I'm you know I just go right. My calendar doesn't matter. What am I doing? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still I'm because it could because, and I'll tell you why because I'm a very structured person. I mean, if you give me 10 things, I stack rank them immediately. I mean, that's just how my brain yep. works. And what I have found is that while I'm busy stack ranking things, I'm not creating things. I'm not creating new opportunities. I'm not creating mm -hmm. what it is that, that, and I don't even know what those possibilities are. But like today, this conversation is different than yesterday. I'm different now than when we began this conversation. <laughs> and and what I'm, where I'm going with that is, is that I, I want to, in my life, I want to embrace change every day and, and not just change that's, you know, change for change's sake, but change that's positive change, change that's progress. 
And so I wake up and I, and I look in the direction of progress. I look in the direction of possibilities. And I see what it is that entices me about the day. And I don't look at my day as a punch list so that at the end of the day, I can punch myself because I didn't get it all done. <laughs> and this has been, I mean, it may sound counterintuitive and crazy, but this is the way that I go about letting what it is that wants to come through me come through me. And, and instead of managing my life and managing my calendar, believing there's things I have to manage, but instead of managing things, I, I want to look every day in the direction of creating things. And what is it that I am creating? And I create every day. That's impressive. So let me ask you this, just to clarify, I know it's mm. not structured, but would you say that there is a quiet or a reflective time where you allow that creativity to come out? Does it look anything like that? Every day. Okay. Every day. Yeah. I mean, it, but like, if you're looking for it, yeah, I get up at five 30 and then I meditate for 30 minutes. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't have that structure. What I do is that when I feel like it's time to reflect, you know what I do? I reflect when I get hungry, you know what I do? I eat, you know, it's, it's, it's like that. And, and okay. not like I'm living in, you know, impulse land where I just entertain whatever impulses I have, but I try to listen to where I am and step in that direction based on it. There's not really a structure that flows from there, unfortunately. I know, and I'm really supposed to just let those answers lie, but I'm so curious. Do you think that that is a product of your maturity and your journey? Or do you think anybody can start where you're starting? Because I'll tell you, I don't think I could have started where you're starting. Well, each day is a new beginning. Mm -hmm. Whether you whether you choose to see it that way or not, that's true. And yep. we can start. I yep. mean, we can start our day at any time. It doesn't happen to be breakfast right now, but we could restart our day right now, because how do we know that our day starts? It's just it's just a thought. thought. <laughs> it's just a thought. And sometimes my thoughts are: I need to plan out, and I need to take these yeah. steps, and I need to build this, and I need to create that, and those kinds of things. And so there is a structure within this. I mean, I don't I don't live you know, like the wild man of Borneo or something like that. I mean, right. I don't just thought we're going to drive wherever I want. You know, right, no, right. There, are, there are boundaries on the road, but I can take that road wherever I want. I can take the road and I could drive, I could drive to West Texas. I could drive to Canada, Interesting. but there are, there are boundaries there. And so within those boundaries for me, I wonder where can I go on this journey? And that to me has been a huge change for a guy who spent 15 years in the corporate world, who worked mm -hmm. for Fortune 100 companies, who was very, very structured and, and managing a lot of things and people and all kinds of stuff. I, I got to the place where I was like, where, where can I find new possibilities? Because I, I mean, you know, what, what am I gonna do? 60 work hours a week, not enough? 65 hours a week, mm -hmm. what is it gonna do? Burn through the weekend? Now what, now what, now what? Now you die. And, and, and while you're alive, you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're dead while you're alive. I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be that guy. And I, and the good news is I don't have to be that guy. This is not a superhero story. Uh, it's available to anyone, anytime. And you know, if, if you don't believe it, I mean, just ask yourself, is that true? Mm. Is that is it true? truth or is it true? Is it true? Is yeah. it true? Is it true that you could start, you could start your day anytime you want. You could start your day after lunch if you choose. You could restart because listen, another quote from George Eliot, it's never too late to be who you might have been. Mm. God, so many good quotes. Well, I, you got some good ones for me too. I thought I, I thought I should respond, but that's one of the things in the book that they talk mm. about. Second chances always exist. I yep. mean, we don't, we don't see it. We don't, we don't see it. We think this is it. This is the end. There's no way out of this. And yet, 
There is. is. Always a there second is. chance. You, there, there always is. And that's a message of, of hope. And that's not sunshine and peppermints. That's not some motivational juju I'm passing out. I don't do that. Yep. I want to pass out truth. And I want to try, as best I can, truth with a capital T. And it looks like it's true that second chances always exist. Okay, my final question. <laughs> Hopefully I'll try to keep my questions to myself after this one. Um, my curiosity to myself, you know. So if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Something from nothing. Something from nothing. If, if you wonder where these books came from, the answer is I'll tell you exactly. I have no idea. I don't know. From, from whatever it was rattling around inside my noggin, that, that led me to share these ideas. Something from nothing uh, has been the, the story of my life. And uh, I said that to a friend of mine the other day, or actually he said it to me, he said something from nothing. I, mean, I think that's my autobiography. Because <laughs> what, what I've come to understand is that if, if you look around, if you, you look around with cars on the freeway here behind us, the buildings, where do those buildings come from? Where do those cars come from? Someone's imagination. Yeah. Someone's creativity. And, and that person had a vision and they shared that vision with someone else. And that other person said, tell me more. And from that place, cities have been built, relationships, families, partnerships, investment opportunities. I, I could go on and on. But that's, to me, the, the story of something from nothing. And we all have the ability, if we choose to see it, if we choose to see that it's true, we have the ability to create to create relationships, partnerships, innovation. It's always available, it's always on. New thoughts are always on their way. You were talking about how many thoughts come over. Yeah. To, me too, I got thoughts running through my brain all the time. And you know what, isn't that fantastic? Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes a thought comes through, that's a million dollar idea. And sometimes a thought comes through that helps somebody land on Shark Tank or get investment from Mark Cuban. I, I'm just saying, and, and where, does, where do those thoughts come from? Something from nothing. How do people find you? I know they're going to want to. <laughs> well, the easiest way to find me is uh, at, my, at my website, which is westfallonline.com. Okay. And I'm creating a bunch of new resources on chriswestfall.net, which is a new website that I've just launched. Oh, okay. And I'm going to be relaunching the new Elevator Pitch 2.0. I'm going to be doing and offering courses and opportunities for folks to, to engage and go deeper here. So, uh, but, but before I get ahead of myself with chriswestfall.net, westfallonline.com and there is a connect button in the lower right hand corner and if anything that i've said today makes you say well, i, I got to talk to this guy you can hit that button and set up a time for us to talk and and i mean i'm i'm here talking about the value of a conversation so if people want to have one uh i'm listening i love that this has been so good well Thank you so much for coming today. I have had a blast with you. Every time I chat with you, I'm just like, I don't want to let you go, you know? So, but I'm going to have to. So I just have one last thing to say to you. Okay. You are a VIP. Thank you so much. And thanks for making me feel like a VIP today. <laughs> and that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.